so many. I, I, really, I want to thank you for being here tonight. Um, this has not been an easy summer for you, to say the least. And I don't know if people know, but uh, your company, Kips Bay Medical, you uh, stepped down yesterday as CEO, and tomorrow we're filing dissolution papers for the company. So I, I think it's uh, terrific of you to come here tonight and, and share your experience with us. I, it can't be easy. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm here with friends, and, uh, and that makes it much easier. Uh, I think everyone understands. Thank you. Um, I was talking to Jeff tonight, and uh, the gentleman I just met for the very first time, and we were talking, and he said, Manny, you can't have successes without failures. Uh, I just spent eight years in the development of a technology that I feel is, is a great technology, good technology, um, but I did not anticipate that the regulatory path would be so, so trying and so difficult. And uh, also, when we started the company, we raised money, but we raised money at the worst time in the market. We were raising money during the years of 2008, 2009. And if you guys don't know what that means, is that the market was down at 6,500, uh, and it was just extremely difficult. We raised some money, enough to get started, but it wasn't our original target. So as a result of all that, combining those two things together, uh, the technology was difficult. Difficult to teach. We had, we had some problems, but we were making progress. But every time we made progress, the FDA required us to give more and more information. And every time they, they raised a bar on you, that's another 10 or $15 million. In today's exercise downstairs, was it downstairs or upstairs? I don't remember. <laughs> it was okay. downstairs. All right. The, uh, the chart was put on your table to, to create a company. And I... Uh, I told Brian and Ray that I took that chart and I put an extra box on the bottom. And the guys I was working said, what's the box for, Manny? I said, now watch. The box was to say the other things that you have to understand when you're developing a company is that, first of all, is there a need? But then the next thing is, what do you have in a design of that product that makes it more uh, or easier to finance? The next thing in your box is, what about the regulatory path? Is it, is it a doable regulatory path? Okay, all of those things nobody talked about. Okay? And so remember that when you're, you're designing companies. Did you talk about those when you were founding Kips Bay? Oh, yeah. We did that. And like I said, we were trying to raise a certain amount of money, and the market went to hell in a handbasket, and... Uh, and I remember clearly that Jeffrey's company, which is a major New York company, was saying we're going to raise for you $57 million. And all the paperwork was done, done, sealed, delivered. But then the market just went down, and the capital markets would not come back up. I finally ran out of my initial seed capital money. So we went to another firm that said, Manny, we'll do it. We can't raise you 57 but we'll raise. And they raised us uh, $16 million, which was enough to get started, but... In the long term, it was just not enough, period. So what do you think? Did you need the $57 million in terms of initial capital? Yeah, we, we, we were raising 50 and Jeffrey said, no, we're going to do 57 
Don't ask me where that 57 came from, but that, they, that's what they felt they could do. It's a fee. And, and remember one thing. Yeah. When you're doing a company, you never leave money on the table. Okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right? Remember that one, too. Right. So there's, I mean, there's sort of a popular phrasing or meme going around the entrepreneur set that says, oh, failure is just as important as success. You've had so much success. <laughs> And, and I'm reticent to call Kips Bay a failure. I mean, I think what you achieved was terrific on its own. But, I mean, I, I have to get your opinion on that statement as somebody who has. Uh, uh, hey, you know, um, I, I, I grew up in the Bronx, guys, South Bronx. And if I looked out, the, out my window over the building, if I went up to the roof and looked out the window, I could see a, a little place that had was called Yankee Stadium. And in Yankee Stadium, there was a guy that was playing ball there called Mickey Mantle. And everybody knows Mickey Mantle. If you don't know Mickey Mantle, you can leave the doors outside and go inside. Okay? Uh, I think but Marie's kids are, are uh, exempt uh, from that. Marie's yeah. children are exempt. Okay, I'll tell you later who Mickey Mantle was, okay? <laughs> anyway, Mickey Mantle, of course, is known as being one of the greatest players of all time. But very few people know that he held a record for the most strikeouts. Okay? And very few people know that he was sent to the minors. Very few, very, very, very few people know that he was sent to the minors twice. Now, most people would have said, he's, he's washed up, he's, you know, the whole thing. But he came back every day, even after having, you know, going 0 for 4 the day before, okay? And he got up, and he kept swinging the bat. And that's how I kind of look at these things. You know, when you strike out, you don't want to strike out too often because they will send you for the minors forever, but... Uh, I'm not afraid to swing the bat. And many times people have come to me and said, Manny, don't worry about it. We invest in you because we believe in you, and we know that you will pick up the bat tomorrow morning and swing again. I mean, what keeps you swinging the bat? You've had, I mean, if I had founded some of those companies, I might have been tempted to call it. uh, Call it a day? Well, I don't know. I might have have decided to go part-time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's several reasons, and I won't go into a lot of them, but, but I enjoy work, and I enjoy what I do. And if I have time here, can I tell a little story? Yeah, just a little teeny weeny little story. Sure, you got the mic. A little teeny weeny story, okay. So I was uh, working on, with uh, some finance people, a young, young man in the, in, uh, was questioning me, and, and finally he said, Manny, what, why are you doing this? You don't have to do this anymore. Why do you continue to do this? And I said, let me tell you a story. I went to uh, Spain one day, and they were doing uh, heart transplants. I'd never seen a heart transplant. I don't, I don't know how many of you have seen an actual heart transplant. And so I said to the surgeon, I said, you know, his name was Enrique uh, Rodriguez. I said, Enrique, you know, I have never seen a heart transplant. He says, well, are you going to be here this weekend? I says, yeah. He said, we'll do one. And I said, how do you know you're going to do one? Come on over here, Manny. He opens up the window overlooking Madrid. Not all of Madrid, but the neighborhood, you know. And there was a lot of motorcycles going around, you know, the little mopeds and stuff like that. And he says, notice something? Nobody's wearing helmets. And he said, in the weekend, there will be twice as many out there. And I can guarantee you we will have a heart transplant. I'll call you at your hotel. So sure enough, I don't know if it was Friday night, Saturday night, he calls me up to the hotel, 2 o'clock in the morning. I get up and, you know get my way over to the hospital, get changed, and walk into the OR, and they 
big bright lights and everything happening. Okay, and I, I stood at the end of the table where there's a drape, where you can look over the drape and see what's happening, okay? And there was a little table right over here. And there was the patient, okay? Surgeon was standing here, another couple of surgeons over here. And I look over the drape, and there is the, the chest is open, there's the heart. And it's beating, etc. And then all of a sudden, the door slams open, and there's a guy with a, with a uh, face mask just holding it. He didn't tie it on, just a face mask. And he has in his hand a little cooler, a little Coca-Cola cooler, igloo, whatever you want to call him. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, and there's ice at the bottom. And then in the standard Ziploc bag, you know, you carry sandwiches to work, there's a heart. Okay, and being a few few words in Spanish, and and then he leaves, and they take the heart and they put it on the table, that little table that's right here, and I'm standing right there. They put it on there, and the uh, and they say, okay, let's get ready to go, and they start cutting out the heart. They take out the old heart, and they put it right on the same table, and the old heart is still beating. Okay, and then they take the the cool heart the new heart, and they start putting it in there, wiggling around a little bit, and they start doing it. In the meantime, I'm looking at the, at the uh, old heart, still beating, starting to slow down, but still beating. And they're doing a little bit, like looking over, still beating. Finally, just as they release the clamps and they start putting blood into the new heart, without any paddles, it started to beat. And you got to believe me, the very moment that started to beat, the old one stopped. It was as if life had gone from the old one to the new one. At that point, I turned around to the guy that was asking me the question, and I said, and, would, and when golf is as exciting as that, maybe I'll take up golf. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. That's a, it's a true story. It's just, you know, and that's, and that's my work, and that's my life. Absolutely. Um, I have to ask, though, sticking back into what happened at Kipps Bay, I mean, when you had to pull the plug on, that, on the eMesh one trial after six months, I mean, what, can you tell me what went into the decision-making there? I mean, you, you fought hard for the, that trial. That trial got postponed. You know, it took a long time to get that off the ground. And then at six months, you said no more. I mean, was it like a question that we just have to cut bait? Or did you, what, did you think about pushing through more? Well, the, the, the question we all sat down, I mean, obviously, there's a board of directors working with me. Good guys, really good guys. I've always been blessed. Honestly, I have to tell you, I've always been blessed with very good boards and people around me. We sat down and we said, you know, we, we had some failures because we had... When we looked at it later on, we, we found out the reason why we had some initial failures. And, uh, and we said, you realize that these failures will now cause us to do, we have to do more implants and all that so that the numbers finally blend in. And that was going to cost us another 10 to $15 million in another year to 18 months. And... Uh, and then one board member said, yeah, and in addition to that, guys, you've got to remember that if this is successful, and we can make it successful, we then have to do a pivotal, which is about a 30, 35, which we will not be able to raise that kind of money because our stock price is so far down. 
maybe some strategic will take us out. You know, I said, there's just too much risk for everybody. So we made a decision to, to shut it down. You know, when we, de- when we developed the pacemaker and when we developed the heart valve, come on, a pacemaker, every surgeon in the world knows how to implant a pacemaker. By the way, when, when I did the pacemaker, it was surgeons, not cardiologists doing this. Okay? That's ancient history. Okay? And we did a heart valve. We did the St. Jude valve. Everybody knew how to implant a valve. It was a few little changes, but not much. But with this device, we had to teach doctors not only how to sew it in, but then very, very critical patient selection. Okay? One doctor said to me uh, from Lenox Hill, a very prominent physician, he said, Manny, this product will work. It will be used standard of care. Okay, thank you. And he said, but if we do the same kind of patient selection that we do right now, you know, you will have the same amount of failures as you're seeing right now. But it will be accepted because we do see those kinds of failure. But when you're doing a clinical trial, the FDA doesn't want to see any failures. Mm -hmm. They they make it really, really tight. And uh, our goal initially was to be have the same rate of failures or accept, I shouldn't say failures, let's reverse that, the same amount of, the same percentage of success as standard of care, and the FDA wanted a higher number of success. Uh, they put it higher for us, and, uh, and that was a really tough bar to, yeah. to, to, to meet. We had to go from a, from a 75% success rate to a 90% success rate. That was hard. And I imagine they're all hard, these companies. But, I mean, was there a single moment where you said, well, this is going to be harder than I thought? Was it when was it, did it, was it back in 2009 when you had to no, no, no. pivot on your we, fundraising? No, no, no. When we did all our companies, we always had bumps on the road. Yeah. We always had uh, – <laughs> I mean, I could tell you one for CPI. I can tell you a bunch for St. Jude and ATS and a whole bunch of other things that we had. I mean, I'm sitting at a table – uh, that's sponsored by St. Jude. Um, nice people, great people, great. Everybody's working, good jobs and everything. But very few people at that table, if any, know that at one moment the FDA came and were closing down St. Jude. Hmm. Closing down. We had no failures. We had no nothing, nothing bad. But they said that we were not following the rules, and we were following the rules, and they wanted to shut us down. Unfortunately, the inspector went to see the doctors to get data on us so he could shut us down. The first doctor he visited was in Washington, state of Washington, Dr. Savage. And Savage said, what are you talking about? These guys are the best guys. They have the best valve. Leave them alone. Okay? And the, the same inspector, because he was going down a list, he said, I'm going to go to the people I know. So he first went to Savage. Then he went to another guy named Randy Furlick in Nebraska. Randy Furlick wore boots. And he actually wore a cowboy revolver, a, what do you call it, a six-shooter, okay, with a pearl handle, the whole ball of wax, right out of a cowboy movie. Okay, but he wore it all the time. All right, so the guy walks in his office, he's got his white, white lab coat, you know, doctor's coat on. He sits down, he says, what do you want? You know, and the guy says, well, we're going to shut down St. Jude and all that. Right, and he says, what are you talking about? These are the best guys and all that. Takes out his gun, puts it on the table. Didn't point it or anything. He just put it on the table. He says, "You leave those guys alone." Picked up the the, uh, the telephone. He says, "I'm calling the senator." This is when 
FDA ruling on devices just started. You know, so he picked up. I said, I think I'm going to call the senator. The guy left the office, and that was. And then they went back, and I said, you know, we we got to find a different way of doing this. <laughs> so this is not a viable regulatory strategy. <laughs> it worked. Oh, it worked. Oh, all right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but, that, but, that, but, you know, that brings up the point about the other thing, you know, again, in that final box on the bottom that you guys were talking about doing a new company, is the strategies for regulatory. We have a lot of regulatory people here, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure, okay, is that as a manufacturer of particularly Class three devices, we have to come up with a different way of getting through the regulatory path. Because the present way that we're doing now is a small company raises some money, gets some money, you know, million, five million, ten million, whatever amount of money, that kind of seed capital or whatever, and then they go and spend it, a good major part of it, on regulations. You've got to do it different. I, I know that my next company will be different. I mean, will it still be a Class three device? Or are you, are you talking about... No, class change three devices. No, no, I can't change the classes. But no, I mean, are you going to do a different type of device? I mean, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Did, you, did I ever do any non-class three device? Uh, no. I don't believe so, no. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like Mickey Mantle. I'm going to go for the bleachers every time. Okay. <laughs> okay. You, told me, you told us last year Kips Bay was some of the most important work of your life. Yeah, That's it was. A, it was great. And it's named after your, the child, the... Uh, the, the rec center that the you, boys club the boys club that you said changed your life yeah em- emotionally how hard has this been well you know doing it you, you know you do you, you work hard and every day is an exciting day because you come home and you know maybe you have the Cleveland Clinic or the Texas Heart or Mail Clinic you know in planting and you're doing work overseas it's fun I mean it's really really exciting emotionally fun and all that and you sitting down with a surgeon and said, okay, Manny, we, we saw this and that, and you back and forth. and everything. It's great work, okay? Uh, and obviously, the greater the work, if you fail, the greater the downturn on you, you know, the, the, uh, the spiritual and emotional pain. But it's the people who have told me, Manny, you've tried your best. Don't get hung up on it. Ray was saying to me, I'm walking today, and he says, how do you do it, Manny? You, you look sharp, you look neat, you look, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's basically because, yes, we've, the company closed, but not because we have failed in our work. Our work was good, okay? We're proud of our work. We accomplished things. Don't be a bit surprised if you ever see it again, okay? Because there's just there's 600 patients out there that's working. I looked at six- and seven-year angiograms. Whoever sees a six-year angiogram? I bet you never have seen a six-year angiogram. We had six- and seven-year angiograms. And they were perfect. Okay, so we know that it works. How we get it done through the regulatory is another challenge, which right now I'm not prepared to do. Yeah. But you'll be back. You told me you have, okay. you, told me you have to get out of here because you have a meeting. Yeah. Because um, you'll yeah, be I back. Yeah, i got five more minutes. I'm just trying to throw me out now. <laughs> is that what you're trying to tell me, Brian? Is that what you, how well, often do you get up, get up to give a talk and the guy says, you, but, you know, you have to leave for another minute. <laughs> Is, no, you is, held is my arm behind my back to make clue? sure you were ready. No, I want to know what's next, but I know yeah. you don't. I don't know you don't want to. You're obviously not going to divulge, but I mean, you're, you'll be back. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready to retire. Uh, no. I'm happy about it, and my wife is even more happy than I am <laughs> about that. Uh, no, I, I, 
I, I love what I do. I, I think I, I still have the energy. I think the brain is still working. What's, what's your name again? <laughs> okay. I think the brain is still working. Uh, it is. I'm, I'm excited in teaching. I was just talking to Ray about uh, a commencement address that I just gave at the, at the University of Iowa, uh, in which just telling, telling the, the young people coming out of there that you have no excuse for failure. If you continue to do your work and do it right, you will not fail. You have too many people to support you. It's the same thing with me. The work that we're doing, believe me, we don't do it alone. It's just not Manny Villafana. It's the doctors, the scientists that I have, the, the, my, my staff, my board of directors, everybody behind me doing work, and we don't have any excuse for failure, okay? Uh, I'm not up here saying we got an excuse because of the FDA or anything like that. It's just... A matter of life and and uh, circumstances prevented us from having enough money. We will be back. If, if there's a way, if somebody wants to come to me and say, Manny, we'll sponsor you. Let's go and get back to it. I'll try. So this technology may see another day? It may see another day. We, we, have, we, we have sold the, tech, the, the, the patents, the IP on it, okay, uh, and somebody's going to pick it up. Will they carry it forward? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's their business, not mine. And we'll see what happens. Well, I, I, I look forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to the uh, – I've been asked to attend the, the AdMed uh, uh, conference here in Minneapolis. And the, the deal was that uh, I make a presentation – and uh, Ray gets, uh, I get Ray seats at Manny's Steakhouse. <laughs> okay. Now, if you want to go, Ray, Ray made a big enough reservation. He'll take all of you, okay? You want the whole restaurant that night? We'll talk offline on that. Okay. Write me a check. <laughs> Manny, I, I want to thank you so much for, for taking the time to come out here. I think, honestly, it's, this is a... a Really, a refreshing moment to to just hear from you about Kip Spay and what's coming next. And I just thank you for for having the courage to come out here and talk about it. Oh, I very hey, much appreciate it. Problem.